Welcome to the Paul Stone Sports Podcast. For over 30 years, Paul Stone has been seriously handicapping college football, college basketball, and PGA Tour golf. Over the past five seasons, spanning almost 600 releases, Paul has hit 55% against the spread in college football, gaining the respect of sports books and bettors throughout the world. He is monitored by highly respected the Sports Monitor of Oklahoma City. Paul has also won two major Las Vegas football handicapping contests and finished in the top four in two others. Each week, Paul will provide exclusive handicapping insights on the podcast. To receive Paul's exact picks each week, you can sign up for member-only access at paulstonesports.org. Now, on to the show. Hello, it's uh, Wednesday, October 5th, and we actually have college football tonight. Uh, SMU traveling to the Bounce House to play Central Florida in Orlando in a game originally scheduled to be played this past Saturday, October 1st, uh, but pushed back four days to today due to the impact of Hurricane Ian. Uh, Thankfully, in this case, uh, both American Athletic Conference squads have a bye week coming up, therefore providing the flexibility to adjust the game slightly to a more suitable date considering the uh, totality of the circumstances. I think there's about five minutes left in the first half. SMU and Central Florida tied at 10, I believe. Hello, I'm Paul Stone, and this is episode 72 of the Paul Stone Sports Podcast. And this week's version, titled, The Two Toughest Things About Sports Betting. And first of all, suffice it to say, there are many more tough aspects to sports betting than just two. Uh, But for purposes of this week's show uh, and the title of this week's show, I'm going to only present two tough things about sports betting, specifically winning sports betting, uh, the quest to become a long-term winning sports better. So first of all, I'm going to present to you what I believe the two toughest things are about sports betting, and then I'm going to talk about each, and one uh, much more than the other to be blunt about it. So without further ado, The two most difficult, the two toughest, the most challenging things about sports betting, drumroll please, one, winning, and two, losing. I say this only ever so slightly in jest because I believe many sports bettors struggle at some point with both of these situations. They don't know how to respond to winning. Um, You know, maybe they get big-headed. Maybe they recklessly increase their betting size. Maybe they get um, a little lax in their preparation. And perhaps they were even more lucky than good to begin with. Because in sports betting, every better will experience periods of winning and losing. There is indeed variance in the results of sporting events. Besides, and I'm using straight bets as an example, 54% is really good over a large sample size, and 55 to 56%, that's really rarefied air. So even people who are so-called experts, they're going to lose 44% to 47.5% of the time. 
So the coin flipper or the, the any, many, mighty, mo handicapper, they're going to experience periods of winning and losing only, you know, slightly at a slightly different rate than the highly sophisticated better. Because you're not going to be much over 50% or much below 50%, regardless of your uh, level of expertise. Looking here, and I apologize, I'm looking at notes and it's a little bit dark in this room. But, you know, the sophisticated, again, what I was kind of touching at, the sophisticated sports better who works perhaps up to, up to 100 hours a week uh, at peak times of the year, you know, that person is going to experience periods of losing. Uh, it is inevitable. You know, it's part of the process. I'm going to spend a, a small portion of this podcast, first of all, talking about properly managing yourself during a winning streak. I've been doing this so long, you know, I don't, I don't really think in these terms, but if you're new to the vocation, and I say this with great respect, guys and gals, no matter how hot you are, no matter how hot you think you are, how good you think you are, you are not God's gift to sports betting. You have not unlocked the secrets of beating sports betting on a weekly basis after millions of others before you over dozens and, and dozens of years have failed to uncover the magic potion. So cool your jets. You know, this game has a way of humbling you. It giveth and it taketh away. And in the case of most sports bettors, the latter is collectively more substantial than the former. So when you're winning, don't work just as hard as you have been. Work even harder. That's one of my recommendations because the wolf's always, he's always around the corner. He's always lurking. He'll show up at some point and he'll get inside even if the door's locked. So keep working hard. Keep your, your nose to the grindstone. Depending on the, the length of your, your hot streak, you know, I would say only modestly, if at all, increase your bet unit size. Until, you know, you've maybe demonstrated the ability to win over a, a large sample size, say over six months of daily wagering or over a full season if you primarily only bet, you know, a sport or two. And don't make any, this is kind of crazy, perhaps to some of you, pretty obvious, but don't make any unusual high dollar purchases uh, that couldn't be easily covered by your general fund. You know, much like a uh, state or local government, uh, you need to have six months of operating expenses on hand. And perhaps that's not the, you know, the true number, but I make this reference only to make a point. Keep those funds available. Keep some funds available in a rainy day fund. You know, probably just about every person who's got in trouble betting sports, gotten in over their heads financially, had a period of winning, of feeling invincible, of thinking they were unbeatable. So if you're winning, don't keep working hard. Work even harder. Take advantage of the streak, but don't be reckless. Be conservative. Be humble. Humility never hurt anyone. Now onto what I believe is the most difficult of the two challenges, and as difficult as it is to manage yourself when you're winning, 
I believe it's even more difficult to manage yourself during those inevitable periods of losing. In my own personal case, as somewhat of a public handicapper, I not only provide selections to my clients, but also make multiple media appearances uh, during any given week during the college football season. My selections to my clients last week went two and six against the spread, uh, which in this case, that was fairly reflective of my performance across all mediums, to be frank. You know, it was a bad week any way you slice it. Uh, in fact, after experiencing a large degree of success over the previous seven seasons, 2022 hasn't been good for Paul Stone to date. But it's only the first five weeks of a single college football season. The reality is it could get much better between now and the national championship game in January. Or it could get worse. As part of being a public handicapper, my losses, I believe, are, are magnified since I operate. <coughs> excuse me, I've got a little bit of a scratchy throat here. Since I operate at least somewhat in the public eye, in the open. You know, I come on programs before the games are played, give my opinions with supportive reasoning, and then sometimes I'm wrong, you know, dead wrong. And then not before the fact, but after the fact, you know, the critics usually come in and they're protected by anonymity. You know, they're operating maybe in their mom's basement. Uh, they take to their keyboards and unleash their criticisms of how the doer should have done better. Uh, you know, you're horrible, this and that. Uh, you know, I personally, I don't read too much of it. You know, there's not anything constructive there. I rarely, I'm not even sure I ever have responded. You know, what? what's the point to that? You know, you're going to respond to a internet poster you don't know uh, you don't even know their name um, they never proactively post anything of value uh, they only criticize others so it's not like i'm dealing with um, a reasonable type person you know their only point is usually you know you said something you were wrong you're a loser you're a really big loser uh, and no one should ever listen to you so that, that's kind of what it is so that's another layer of losing when you're a public handicapper to a degree. Although, again, I'm a small fish. You know, I'm not some kind of public figure. Guys who are true public figures who have a broad um, recognition factor, maybe people on ESPN and things like that, guys who are really well-known, I can only imagine the flack uh, that they must sometimes get from their adoring public. But I digress. You know, I, I do. I truly I understand the lay of the land. I understand the way social media uh, operates. And I understand there's not really, you know, much we can do about it other than ignore it. You know, it's just part of the deal. And, and I certainly understand that. So back to, you know, back to my original uh, point. I'm in a losing streak. And it's not because of social media. And it's not because of people posting on the Internet. It's just kind of what it is. It's of my doing. You know, I picked the games. So how do I deal with it? You know, I'll acknowledge, in my opinion, this is the toughest aspect of handicapping and betting sports. You spend hours and hours gathering information on teams and handicapping games 
only to see your tireless efforts go unrewarded. And not only unrewarded, but when you're, you know, when you're losing overall for whatever period of time, when you're in a losing stretch, you're actually, you know, you're losing money. You're not only being not paid, you're paying them. And your process, your work effort, it's not because you're not showing up. You know, it's probably no different than it was when you were experiencing positive results. This is not for everybody, is it? You know, it's a tough, it's a tough racket. So how do I frame it all? You know, how do I deal with the inevitable periods of losing? You know, when I'm tired from the work, you know, that, that we put in to try to achieve uh, or, you know, get good results, uh, and then you get uh, basically uh, nothing but losing results for some period of time. You know, first of all, while I'm going to examine my process, I'm, I'm going to certainly look at that. I'm going to stay true personally to what I do. You know, I'm fortunate to have had several different handicapping successes through the years. So I'm going to put more stock in the past 30 years, say, than the past 30 days. The main thing we have to do is, is block out the noise, or the main thing that I look to do. You know, don't beat yourself up over the negative results. You know, you can't undo the past. You can only prepare for the future. I think it's important, and I do because I'm monitored by the Sports Monitor of Oklahoma City, so I have accurate records there available for me. But if you keep accurate betting records, you know, go back and review those. Where were you successful? Where were you unsuccessful? You know, if your sides are much stronger than your totals over a period of time, then maybe you should stick to size for the time being. Was there a particular conference maybe where you have been historically successful or for that matter, unsuccessful? Remember, I mean, you gotta remember this, this is important. Eliminating a loser is actually more important than identifying a winner. That loser cost you 11. The winner only paid 10. Have you been better uh, playing underdogs or favorites? You know, the more specific you can get, the better. Have you fared better betting early in the week or later in the week? You know, me personally, I'm a guy who likes to bet early. I like to bet the openers. But that's me, you know, and we're all unique. You might actually perform better, you know, betting later in the week. When the markets are more mature, but you have more information, injury information, and other information. So that might be where you historically have been better. You might be able to isolate. If I wait to, you know, when I'm betting on Thursday, the results are better collectively than when I'm betting on Monday and Tuesday. You might be able to identify tendencies or aspects in your betting patterns to that degree. Very important. Get some sleep. You know, try not to, to stay awake. You know, not getting any restful sleep because of your losses. You know, the sun's going to come up tomorrow. You know, uh, you can't be living, you know, so to speak, through the rearview mirror. You got to be focused forward. In periods of losing, you know, I also tend to get slightly more deliberate. Not a whole lot, but just a little bit. You know, I go over each part of the handicap multiple times. 
you know, even more so than I typically would. You know, you almost look for a reason. So I think it's good to look for a reason not to make a bet, to make cases for both sides. And I probably get more deliberate. I probably get more critical in my process. And certainly uh, examine how efficient your handicapping is, the time you spend handicapping. Have you perhaps been spending, you know, too much time on some element of the handicapping process that really doesn't warrant that type of attention? And are you perhaps doing this at the expense of not properly addressing a critical component of the handicap? So be sure that whatever time you have to handicap, that it's quality time and that you're spending it as efficiently and effectively as possible. I'm going to give a uh, quick plug for my service, Paul Stone Sports. Uh, season from now until the national championship game in January, I think it's available right now for $3.99, and that's through the national championship game again in January by going to paulstonesports.org. I am a few games under 500 right now as I speak, uh, so not the, not the kind of season I've had in uh, the last several years, but still working just as hard, really harder. And uh, you can't force it. You can't uh, predict it necessarily. All you can do is work, do your process, and uh, have confidence that things will change at some point in the season. I also have monthly and uh, weekend passes available. Again, that website is paulstonesports.org. Uh, if interested, please go to paulstonesports.org. Maybe we'll get off on the right foot starting this Saturday, October 8th. Going to give you one uh, comp selection. This is going to be in the Big 12 uh, game between TCU at Kansas. And a lot of you already know this, but, you know, we got we got a couple of big games, especially before this season, that really shaped up as huge games. Texas A&M, first of all, going to Alabama in that much-anticipated rematch. If you remember last year, the Aggies as an 18-point Home underdogs stunned Alabama uh, in midseason, and now the uh, Aggies travel to Tuscaloosa. Jimbo uh, Fisher and Nick Saban, the two coaches of the schools, kind of been going at it in the offseason a little bit. And then you have another big game there in Dallas, Texas, on the state fairgrounds in the Cotton Bowl, Texas and Oklahoma, the Red River, River rivalry. Neither team ranked uh, for the first time. I think in about 25 or so years. But game day is not going to either of those places. Instead, game day is going to be at that gridiron hotbed, otherwise known as Lawrence, Kansas. You know, first of all, uh, the line right now, I should say, TCU, a road favorite, uh, favored by seven uh, at most shops as we speak on Wednesday, the 5th of October. You know, I'm going to acknowledge Kansas is the square side in this matchup. But I still can't get past the fact that dating back to its overtime victory at Texas last year as a 31-point underdog, the Jayhawks have now covered eight straight games against the point spread. And I think sometimes as a handicapper, it's appropriate to take maybe a less sophisticated pro approach and just ride the hot hand. You know, if you ride a streak, you've heard it said before, you only lose one time. You know, both of these teams are ranked coming into this game. And if we use the AP poll, got TCU coming in at 17th, Kansas a couple of spots back at 19th. 
I made TCU in this game a four-point favorite. It opened at Circa on Sunday morning at five, got bet up fairly quickly to seven. TCU last week, they snapped a seven-game losing streak to Oklahoma by dominating the Sooners 55-24. Horn Frogs closed as a five-point home underdog in that game. But now they got to flip roles. They were a home underdog last uh, week against Oklahoma. Now they travel to Lawrence as a seven-point road favorite. Game day in the background. Going to be a great atmosphere. I'm going to continue to ride dual-threat quarterback Jalen Daniels and the Kansas Jayhawks. Take Kansas plus seven this week over TCU. So that does it for another episode of the Paul Stone Sportscast. Paul Stone Podcast, rather. Paul Stone Sports Podcast. I'll get it right in a little bit. Been a long week. A lot of work going into it. Like I said, you know, when you're winning, work hard. When you're losing, you work even harder. So a lot of, a lot of hours being spent trying to ride the ship. Another episode in the books of the Paul Stone Sports Podcast. We'll be back with you next week. Have a great week watching college football. If you wager on the games, do so responsibly. Hope it's a victorious week for you. Have a great week, a great weekend. Until next time, signing off, I'm Paul Stone. Thank you for listening to the Paul Stone Sports Podcast. Make sure to subscribe to the show on your favorite podcast platform so you never miss an episode. And visit paulstonesports.org to sign up for member-only access to Paul's college football, college basketball, and PGA Tour golf picks and predictions.